You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Be on board if you're just joining us. The great Al Michaels will stop by and we'll check in with the former Oregon Duck quarterback, Justin Herbert. He will join us uh, coming up in a couple of minutes here. The Rams unloaded Brandon Cooks to the Texans and had to eat about $20 million in dead salary cap money. And uh, the Texans picking up another wide receiver. So Will Fuller, they got Randall Cobb, and they got Brandon Cooks. Who needs DeAndre Hopkins, right? 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. We got a sale going on. This has been a wild day, right? First of all, it's normally uh, interesting, entertaining, different on this show. But uh, we got our T-shirts in. We, we have Tampa Bay T-shirts that we made up. And we've had them for a while, and we decided to create them. When Tom went to Tampa, we immediately came up with mock headlines. And, you know, Polly goes, hey, I'm going to take the most obvious one so Fritzy can't take it. And he came up with Tampa Bay. And I said, oh, let's go. Let's start with the T-shirts there. Well, we started the production. We started, uh, you know, it's gorgeous. Polly's got it on today. So we got Tampa Bay. And, uh... All of a sudden, we get a tweet from Darren Ravel, sports business reporter for the Action Network, and Paulie goes, we might be in trouble here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, it has to do with Tom Brady. I go, I didn't do anything. So give me the tweet, let the audience know, and then I'll tell you what we're going. This is how we're going to respond. A couple different reports, but Tom Brady's company has filed two new trademark applications, Tampa Bay and Tampa Brady. He intends to use the phrases on clothing and other merchandise. Mer- and he's done this before in his career. He did Tom Terrific, but he actually didn't do the merchandise, but he grabbed the trademarks. Okay. I think we should have a pre-lawsuit sale on Tampa Bay. That if you go to danpatrick.com, pick up your t-shirt, get them before we're sued by Tom <laughs> Brady. <laughs> over over Tampa Bay. Yeah. Are are you an accomplice if you buy a t-shirt from us that says Tampa Bay? We I just heard from our uh, guy by the way, sales are up. So, are that's great. <laughs> so our guy Jeremy who helps us with these t-shirts, Tampa Bay. Yes, Todd. So everyone that buys one could potentially be brought into court as a witness to explain what they're doing or what they shouldn't be doing. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, Paul. I've got the actual United States Patent and Trademark Office link. Uh, the word mark is Tampa Brady or Tampa Bay. He's getting both of them. Okay. He filed on April 6, 2020 for these. Uh, T and B Capital Management Inc. is uh, going to get these. out of, They're out of Boston. So it doesn't say how long the process takes, but it'll take at least a week. Maybe I could get a cease and desist. Does anybody ever get a cease? Is it always a desist in there, too? Anybody get a desist? It's always that order, too. Maybe I'll get a cease and desist from uh, Tom. I got to find uh, somebody at the patent office. 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 <laughs> You're not rattled, are you? We're good. A little bit. A little bit. I, I might. I could either be in business with Tom Brady, or I could be out of business because of Tom Brady. <laughs> you said he was going to make an impact in Tampa. Remember, you said I. I, I told you I love my Buccaneers, but I might get sued for loving them so much. Hey, let me uh, get a couple of phone calls, and then uh, we'll talk with Justin Herbert of the Oregon Ducks. Mo in Arizona. Hello, Mo. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, just want to say, man, I love the show, man. You guys keep me going throughout the day. I'd be going crazy right now if it wasn't for you guys. Uh, 
Sources say someone close to Tom Brady who might know him says he knows someone who might watch your show, man. I think you got something on those shirts. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Mo. I appreciate that. Uh, Matt in Oregon. Hey, Matt. What do you have for me? Hey, how's it going? I think it's Matt in South Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, let me blame it on Marvin. That's close yeah, enough. Yeah. All right. So, um, but what's up, DP? Uh, you kind of touched on it earlier in the week, talking about um, like how these pro sports commissions are setting a date back. They really don't know, and we were kind of proven uh, correct about that last night with Dana White. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't his decision, but that's going back to new normal. My theory for golf is that they can still put out great content that would have millions of views without being normal. They can do like they all live in Jupiter, Florida. Just get them on a one-on-one bracket, set it up. You could do this in like a week. There's more professional golfers in Jupiter, Florida than there is the rest of the world combined. Give the winner of the bracket $5 million, 16 golfers, 32 electronic cameras. Like you talked about, whatever we have to do, we could do it. I guarantee you these guys are already playing with each other anyway because public golf courses are still open down there. Not that they're playing public, but it's figure out a way to monetize it, and it would be incredible. Ratings would be through the roof, and everyone would watch it. Well, thank you, Matt. Yeah, I, I said I thought golf might be the first sport to come back from the standpoint of you have social distancing already. There's a caddy. There'll be somebody who is – you don't even have to have somebody who's carrying the, you know, the uh, – uh, the scores for each golfer, you know, each twosome. You don't have to have that because that's for the gallery. You don't need that. I have the caddies, you know, you have twosomes, and uh, the cameras can be remote, remote controlled. Our cameras here are remote controlled. You you don't have to have, you know, rules official. Okay, you have a rules official, but you're only calling in that rules official when you need them. You, you know, do you have to have a rules official with every foursome out there? But yeah, I think you could do that, and you could do a made-for-TV event. Absolutely. Uh, he's Justin Herbert. He is the uh, Oregon Ducks quarterback and expected to go pretty high in the draft. He joins us on the program. Official height and weight, Justin. Uh, six foot six, 236. Now, it's not 6'5 and a half, and then you round it up in the program. Um, no, it's actually, I, I think I grew a couple inches this, these past couple of years. Uh, so it's, I think it's an official 6'6". Six, six. Okay. Because there was a while there where we looked at, if you were, if you were over 6'5", then we questioned that maybe you were, people were too tall to be a quarterback. Have you heard that before? Um, I actually haven't. I've okay. asked that one time, but uh, not too often. Where are you going to be on draft night? Um, I'll be in Eugene, Oregon, um, at my house. Who else is going to be there? Uh, my family will be there, and I think uh, we've got pretty pretty strict rules about no more than 10 people here, so um, I think maybe my grandparents are, or we'll, we'll figure it out here soon. And you get takeout, and then you have a little bit of a celebration. You don't have to wait that long to hear your name, which is good. Fingers crossed. All right. What have you – Do you, can you tell fact from fiction who's telling you the truth, like who really wants you, like trying to sort all this stuff out? is That's pretty heady stuff even for grown-ups, let alone a 22-year-old. It's pretty tough, and especially going through this for the first time, um, you know, it's it's new territory for me. So um, all of that I'm doing, all I'm focusing on is doing my best and um, getting better. And whatever happens, happens. I, I don't really have control over the situation, so um, just going to do my best and and uh, figure things out when when they come. Okay, if I said right now your best guess of who would be drafting you is who? 
I don't. I don't even know. Just I think. a feel. Just a just a feel. You have in your head. You probably go, man. I I think they like me a lot. At, at this point, I think it's it's too tough to tell. Um, it, it's it's tough, and especially I've never really gone through this this whole situation before. So um, I've tried to stay out of of guesses and and these projections and things like that. So. Um, just focus on what I can't control, and, and that's my attitude and, and what I'm doing, working out and, and stuff. That's the right answer, by the way. That's the right Thank answer. You. Yes, because you don't want to say, you know what, I think the Chargers really love me, and then all of a sudden the Dolphins draft you, or the other way around. You just you, you want to make sure you stay neutral, and uh, I'll give you an A-plus. But by the way, you won the William Campbell Trophy. That's the academic Heisman. I want to know what the trophy looks like. It's... Uh... It looked like a guy punting the ball, I think. Um, <laughs> Wait, is, is he holding a book? or like? I mean, you got a punting trophy? Yeah, so he's got both hands in the air, just like he punted the ball in one leg up. <laughs> and so um, it's not really what I expected, but it's a cool trophy, though. Did, did you even know that there was a academic Heisman? I did, actually. I, oh, okay. I, uh, I think Christian Wilkins won it the year before. Um, and so I, I think I kind of had an idea about it, and um, some people brought it up and said, you know, maybe you could win this. So we kind of had a, a fingers crossed, and, and uh, fortunate that it worked out. What's your major? Uh, it was biology, but I switched it to general science, um, so it's it more flexible with my schedule. Uh, biology sounds a little tougher. I get it. You wanted to ease up, senior year, mail it in, get some good grades, win the Heisman, academic Heisman. I'm right there with you. That's why I got into communications. <laughs> Exactly. Was there ever a uniform that you said, I don't think this looks good? Um, I would say maybe the duck. We wore it uh, in 2016, and we wore orange socks. And I had never really been a beaver fan. And I think orange kind of went against our color schematic. So um, I think that one was kind of questionable. But I guess people really liked it, and um, everyone thought it looked good. So I, I guess I didn't complain too much. Yeah, but how did orange get in there? I think that's Puddles. Um, our mascot is his feet are orange, and so <laughs> that's kind of how they did it. There are a lot of people who did like that uniform, but I kept looking at the orange, going, "That you're Oregon and Oregon State. You can't have Oregon State in there." Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought too. Yeah, uh, we're talking to Justin Herbert, the Oregon quarterback here. Where do you work out now? Um, in my backyard, actually. Uh, so I was, I was sent some dumbbells and barbells and, and we've got a lot of free weights and, um, I've got two brothers to, to work out with me. And, um, there's a field actually across the street that, uh, this great big open field that we go throw at. And, um, sometimes we, we head up to, uh, this old park and you can throw there up, up there as well. And, um, kind of just figuring things out as, as best as we can. You could go to the stadium. You're not that far away. Couldn't you? You got the keys, don't Everything's you? Everything's locked down, actually. Yeah. Oh, so oh. I, I actually went there and I got uh, kicked out. So um, <laughs> I haven't been able to go back. Wait, wait. Did you say, do you know who I am? Did you Did you have your jersey on? Like, I'm the academic no, Heisman I, winner. No, I was just throwing with my, my brothers. And, and they said, you know, like, new rules in Oregon. And um, I didn't I didn't want to fight it. So we, we took off and went and worked out somewhere else. Favorite team growing up was who in the NFL? It's kind of tough being from Eugene. Um, You're a no man's a land, of, aren't you? Yeah, a lot of West Coast teams. So it's you got the 49ers, the the Eagles, or not the Eagles, the the Seahawks. 
um, the, you had the Raiders and um, a lot of these West Coast teams. So I, I don't know if I really had a favorite, um, but just kind of watching all the games that uh, that we could get over on this coast. What about favorite quarterback? A lot of them. I would say Peyton Manning, um, Tom Brady, um, and then I would say Marcus Mariota too, just growing up watching him, um, especially with, since since he went to Oregon as well. Isn't it weird? You'll be playing against Brady next year? It, uh, it's pretty surreal. Right. Because then you've, you can't fanball. Like, what do you do if at the end of the game, do you, do you wait for him to come to you or do you go to him if you guys face each other? I don't know. That's, uh, I, got, I got a lot of room to improve in before there and, and a lot of places to go before I get there. So um, if, it, if it does happen like that, you know, I'm sure I'd, I'd search him out and, and shake his hand. And, um, what would you say? But, uh, I don't even know. Whatever comes to my mind, and, and <laughs> probably just say good game. And... You might say, um, Mr. Brady, um, and then he would probably say, call me Tom, and then you would say, thank you, and then he'll say, hey, good luck with your career. I'll play the role of Brady, and you play you, okay? Now, uh, let me see. You're going to be with the Chargers. I'll put you with the Chargers, hypothetically with the Chargers. Now, I'm saying this, not you. So you're with the Chargers, and I'm with Tampa Bay. I don't even know if we play, but let's say game is over, and uh, we win in overtime, and uh, you come in, and you get some uh, playing time with uh, Tyrod Taylor. So I go... Uh, Hey, just want to say uh, good luck with your career. And then you'll say. <laughs> I'll say uh, thank you very much. It's been, a, it's been an honor to watch you, and uh, good luck with you for the rest of you as well. Okay. Um, and then Tom's already gone. So by the time he says, hey, good luck, and then when you start to say what you're going to say, then he just turns around and he probably leaves. But that's good. That's, that's the way you got to handle You're ready to go. Progress. I mean, I don't know how you're going to be on the that. field, but you're ready to go with answering the questions here. That's it's good stuff here. Um, when you go through this process and every year, as many, you know, I've been doing this a long time and as many prospects as I talk to, it's hard to read all of the criticism. Even if you try to stay away from it, if your mom or your brothers or your, you know, somebody's reading it and then they might tell you how, how does that information get to you? If you don't want to know about it, but you're still going to hear about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. You have to have thick skin, and I think it comes with the territory of being a quarterback and going through this process. Um, but if if it doesn't come from someone that uh, directly has an impact on me, like uh, Coach Cristobal, Coach Arroyo, or um, or even my parents, then um, I don't give too much credit to it. And um, I think that's that's pretty important because there's so much being said about about everyone at any given moment, and um, you got to find out what's important and what has value and, and what doesn't. You have to separate them like that. But when you're called unfailingly polite. How do you respond to that? Um, I would say that if, if they knew me, I'm probably not too polite. And um, especially if you ask my brothers and um, some of my friends, they'd probably tell you differently. Um, <laughs> but that's not a bad but, thing uh, to be polite, is it? Your mom must go, oh, that's a wonderful thing for you to hear. I think she's probably pretty proud of it. Um, <laughs> going into failingly profession, I think it's tough. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you uh, use that first paycheck on? Is there any big splurge here? Um, I'll probably save it or, or help my parents out with, with whatever they need. Um, I've never really been big into spending things and buying things, but uh, I'll probably save it or, or help them out. Well, if they haven't paid off the house, that'd be a pretty cool thing. Could be pretty helpful. Oh, yeah. That's where, you know what? You don't get them anything until you can pay off the house, and then you just say, hey, 
by the way, put a big red bow on the house and um, you get yours. See, I'm going to help you out here. I, I, I know you got agents and you got people helping me, uh, helping you here, but I, I can help you. I, I, I am. I can I be. I can be your sensei. I can be your Mr. Miyagi and, and help you out with all of this stuff because you're going to need it. Need it the first couple of years here. Yeah, pretty. Um, be tough. Uh, the thing that you do better than the other quarterbacks in the draft is what? I, I think that's a tough question. I, I would say that I haven't spent enough time, and, and unfortunately, we're not given enough time every week to, to completely study the other quarterbacks, so I can't tell you what I do exactly better than them because I haven't, I haven't watched enough of them. Um, but I, what I can tell you is what I think I do well myself, and I think I pride myself on preparation. And um, I really go into each week, and I know exactly what we're going to do and, and uh, going to have a good shot at uh, what the opponent's going to do. And I think arm strength is another um, thing that I've got, and um, I think that uh, both those things are, are pretty important to the quarterback position. It's amazing that Joe Burrow and Tua and Jordan Love all told me the things that they do better than you. They couldn't wait. So that's odd that you you don't want to. <laughs> Apologize. Uh, the performance in the Rose Bowl, that was pretty emotional for you. Uh, why do you think it was so emotional when, you know, at the end of that game? I think from going four and eight our freshman year um, and losing so many guys and, and going through three head coaches and, uh, it was the same group of guys that I came in with and, and wanted to finish this year out. And one of the big reasons I decided to come back and uh, just to be there and, and be in the stadium and just kind of have a couple moments to myself and kind of look around and reflect. Um, I didn't think it got any better than that. And to be able to celebrate with those guys, with the teammates, with our coaches, um, the city of, of Eugene and the state of Oregon, um, it was a pretty special moment. Yeah. And you grow up not very far from campus and, you know, you, you have the people in your family tree who played there and, and then you run for three touchdowns. I mean, a pretty, pretty emotional moment. I, I could imagine that, but, uh, Hey, you're going to have a lot of moments ahead of you and, uh, we wish you luck. And certainly with that William Campbell trophy, you've already been a big winner here. The, the academic Heisman winner. What more well, could you ask that. for? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Justin, thank you for joining us and good luck on uh, draft night. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Justin Herbert. I can't help but think that it's the next Matt, Matt, Matt Stafford. Like he sort of sounds like him size wise, probably athleticism, arm, the whole thing. I don't know. Just get that Matthew Stafford feel with uh, Justin Herbert. I was also looking at some of the numbers with him in what he did against good competition. Because there's, you know, everybody's going to have their issues with, uh, with him. Is he consistent enough? Can he make all the throws? He's a great athlete here. Over the past two seasons, Justin Herbert had strong numbers versus the toughest opponents. So his numbers against top 25 teams since 2011, 65.5% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, Four rushing touchdowns, including the three in the Rose Bowl and the win against Wisconsin. You know, what hurts him is the line of quarterbacks, predecessors at Oregon. You know, Chris Miller, Achilles Smith, Joey Harrington, Marcus Mariota, Dennis Dixon also. I thought Dennis Dixon was going to be a good pro. I really enjoyed watching him. But, you know, if you look at Mariota, you look at Chris Miller, Achilles Smith, Joey Harrington, they uh, had a combined record of 92 and 154. Now, I know you've had you know, different coaches in there, and, and that's not fair to Justin Herbert, but I think there's just 
you know, it's like safeties with uh, Alabama. Like, you know, scouts will tell you that, you know, sometimes you're skeptical on what, you know, certain players at certain positions at certain schools. And, uh, you know, maybe that hurts him a little bit there. But Marcus Mariota was a wonderful college quarterback. Um, and he still has that potential to be a good quarterback in the NFL. We'll uh, get to more phone calls here. Great Al Michaels is going to join us coming up. Wonder if he has any advice for us with the possibility we may be sued by uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> I did. I did hear from somebody who said, uh, "Lawyer, challenge the filing as not unique and already used. That would extend the review time and provide even more time in filings. The filings would be great content." <laughs> Hey, I got legal zoom on my side. That's all I need. But I get these. I love how he says content because that we joke about, oh, it's great content. Great all content. else fails. Hey, it's great content. Yeah, it's the pre-lawsuit sale for Tampa Bay. Go to danpatrick.com. <laughs> Al Michaels will join us coming up next here. Dan and the Dan, that's Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. So here we are. Uh, the kitchen is still under construction. <laughs> I believe a takeout will be available soon. But uh, in the meantime, uh, what can I tell you? The Domino's truck knows where we live. <laughs> um, and that's, uh, that's about the story. And then uh, yeah. uh, the great Linda Michaels, who cooked a lot when we were first uh, married many moons ago, is, is back in the kitchen, back in the kitchen with Dinah. And uh, here we are. So uh, right now I'm, my weight is very, very steady at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. Because I'm going out and walking about eight miles a day, so I'm training for the Olympic uh, <laughs> race walking uh, competition in 2021, and we're never, whenever we're going to have it. But you know what, Dan? I, I wake up this morning, and I'm thinking to myself, well, number one, I woke up a little early because uh, I had to be on with you, obviously, out here on the West Coast. So uh, for you, I will do anything. Thank you. But I, I keep thinking that it's Groundhog Day. I wake up, and I'm going, damn, it's the same day. And uh, for, for how many days in a row now? Mm. And it's gotten to the point, Dan, where I don't know whether it's April or July or November or 2023. It's all the same. It runs together. And uh, that's what are you story. watching? I, my, what am I watching? I'll tell you what. I'm, I, so obviously, like, like everybody else in the country, I went to Tiger King, and I loved it. It was unreal. <laughs> then I watched Macmillions on... Uh, HBO, I guess it is, or I don't know where yeah. it is, one of them, HBO or Netflix, yeah. and uh, watched that. And, uh, you know, after Tiger King, it was hard to sit through all of it because nothing's as good as Tiger King at this particular point. But it was it was fine, lasted till the end, and that was worth it. Uh, watched a couple of Larry David episodes. Oh, and then I'll tell you what I did. I hadn't seen it since it came out in 94, 95. I watched Pulp Fiction. And oh. I... You know, you forget, if you haven't seen a movie in 25 years, how many incredible scenes there are. Uh, the script, the dialogue, was in, the acting. So I watch that. But I'll tell you what I do every morning. I wake up, and just uh, for a little pick-me-up and to make me feel a little bit better, and I mentioned this to uh, Mike Tirico on his show the other day, so this is not uh, breaking news. But I wake up and I go to YouTube, and if I'm not looking for you, what I will do is I will search Don Rickles, 
and there must be 100 to 150 Don Rickles skits with Carson Letterman, <laughs> Leno, uh, Kimmel, with Donnie and Marie, believe it or not. He's on the Donnie and Marie show. And I watched that for about a half hour. And as the doctors will tell you, and uh, I don't know whether it's Doc Rivers or, or Dr. Zhivago or Dr. J, but the doctors will tell you that you that laughter dilates your vessels, your blood vessels, and your arteries. So what's better than that, Dan? So my my uh, suggestions to all of the, the Danettes and all of the Danette audience is to uh, type in Don Rickles when we get off the phone here and, uh, and enjoy yourself for half an hour. Any sports that you're watching? You know, there's nothing to watch, but so <laughs> the irony is... I, I go to the uh, NFL Network the other day, and uh, I can't watch myself because I've done those games, and it's, I just can't sit there and, and watch it again, and I'm too critical of myself. So, but I'm doing the Super Bowl with Chris. Uh, I think it was Philly, New England. I think that was the game. And then there's one with John Madden, Pittsburgh, Arizona. And then I go over to the NHL Network, and they're playing the movie Miracle. And, <laughs> and then I go, and then I, then I go to the MLB Network, and I'm doing uh, Game Seven of the '88 Playoffs, Dodgers. And and uh, these are good problems and, to have, Al. You know, but Dan, here's the thing, and you know it as well as I. So. One of my great friends is is Tom Werner, who owns the Red Sox, and he and Marcy Carsey uh, formed the Carsey Werner Production Company, and they did the Cosby Show and the Roseanne Show, and, and you know Tom's a great guy. So we're walking through the neighborhood the other day, and uh, Marcy Carsey lives a couple of blocks away, so. He, we, we decide that we're going to call her to see if she wants to come out and walk with us. So she'd already walked, but she comes to the uh, the front gate, and we're you know standing uh, several feet apart. And she says, what are you up to? I said, well, I don't know. I'm up to nothing, but I'm on television more than anybody in history. <laughs> and I said, I don't see one residual or one royalty. Wow. And Marcy, of course, I said, Marcy, I'm standing by the mailbox. I said, can I open this up and see how many residuals you got today? <laughs> so anyway, Dan, that's where I am. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. You know, I, I feel fortunate that we get to do this. Um, you know, Fritzy's at home. McLovin's at home. Seton's at home. But Paulie and I are here and. In a very uh, scaled-down crew, but I talked to Hank Aaron this week, Jack Nicholas this week, Jim Nance this week, you this week. I mean, it, it, we're trying to do whatever normal is. We're, we're trying to do it. So I, I, I feel lucky. I do. I feel very lucky here. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're doing things. I mean, think about this. The other day, uh, you know, FaceTime is great, so I'm totally into that now. You, you, you know, you used to call people audio only, and now it's just at FaceTime. I didn't realize how simple it was. And believe it or not, you ready who was on FaceTime? Our man, Bob Costas. Whoa! Wait, he's got a flip phone. No, he does, but, re you know, Bob Costas, who very recently had a rotary dial phone, <laughs> and then he went to, he was on a party line, and then, and then, he, went, then, he, then he went to a flip phone, and, you know, and then apparently, I think Jill uh, Costas got him, I think, uh, an iPhone. Wow. I, I figured, what would the, the chances I would call Costas and get him on FaceTime? And there he was, <laughs> with, you know, unshaven and the whole thing and looking like a bum like all of us are looking right now. But uh, yeah. uh, Bob has come into the 21st century wow. with us. Wow, that's incredible. We're talking Al Michaels, NBC Sunday Night Football, Playboys. Uh, how close did you come to getting traded to ESPN? I, I, I'm curious about that, Al. 
The only thing I knew is that Andrew Marchant had great sources and kept writing about it. And when Andrew called me, I said, hey, listen, I'm reading you to, t- to find out what's <laughs> happening with me. So it, it never came to me. Apparently, there was some uh, discussion as, as to whether or not uh, I could be released from my contract. And that was the end of it. But uh, everything I knew came from Andrew. Trust me. But you've already been traded once. So we can't go, boy, they Al can't get traded. Well, as, you know, part of that deal back in 05, 06, we threw, we threw in, and believe me, it was a throw in. The deal was already done. But at the end of the day, you know, we threw in uh, Oswald, the rabbit. Nobody knew who that was. But the Disney family wanted to get the rights to it back. So we threw that in, and it was we laughed about it. And then the, the press didn't think that anything nefarious or insidious was going on behind the scenes. So now, you know, I guess if I had gone back, maybe uh, I would have taken Oswald back with me. I, I don't know. I also saw a quote from uh, you, I think, that had to do with Brady when he came into one of those pre-game meetings uh, with with the crew right. from Sunday Night Football. And, and, and I'm paraphrasing. I think he said, you know, I'm the most unhappy 8-0 quarterback in the NFL. Is that Do I have that right? And that's last year? You do, and it was last November. You know, the interesting thing is, <clears throat> so in that meeting, we have our regular you know, production crew uh, with Chris and Michelle and, and our production folks, and the uh, so we said that on the air that night. So this was in Baltimore. They came in. They were the, the Patriots for eight and zero. So they're undefeated halfway through the season. Uh, they're going to go up against Lamar Jackson, and he winds up beating them. And at that point, the Patriots were averaging on defense, giving up I think single digits. It was eight or nine points a game, and they were on a record pace. And Brady comes into the meeting. And um, he basically says at one point, um, I'm the most unhappy 8-0 quarterback in football. Hmm. So we were trying to uh, do the forensics on it, figuring out what's, what's that all about. Is it all about the fact that uh, you know he is going to be a free agent and knows he's going to leave? Is it about the fact that the offense is not very good but the defense is terrific? And just going back to opening day, we had the Patriots against uh, the Steelers in the opening Sunday night game last year. And uh, Brady walked into the meeting and said he's very, very excited because the defense, I think he said, is the best he's ever seen since he was in New England. So he was right about that. The defense was fantastic up until that point in the season. The offense wasn't very good. But I said to him, and you know, these, you, you, I know I'm not going to get the answer at that point. I don't even know if he knows the answer. But I said, Tom, I said, I can't imagine, I can't imagine you ever playing in another uniform. So I'm going to lay odds of 43,000 to one that you will never be in another uniform. And he kind of laughs. We all laugh. So he walks out of the room and Andy Freeland, who's one of our great research people, Andy plunks down $2 on the table and says, I'll take that bet. So I'm trying to give the two bucks back to Andy, but he won't take it. So now I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, down for $86,000 this season, Dan. And if Andy thinks he's going to get paid in one lump sum, no way. That's going to be quite the installment plan. But uh, he won the bet. How surprised were you that Brady decided to walk away? Very. Uh, I just didn't see it happening. Look, Bob Kraft has made it very clear through the years how much he loves him, treats him like a son, wanted to keep him, obviously. And we all know now that you know Tom went to uh, Bob Kraft's house and they had a good cry about this whole thing. I just didn't see him leaving. I, I couldn't. I just couldn't imagine it. I mean, look, Tom is in. A place that nobody's been that I can, you know, like George Blanda was different. I mean, he played into his 40s, but he was mainly kicking. And, you know, he, he he played quarterback a little bit at that particular point. But 
nobody's been where Brady's been right now. So how much longer does he have to go? Uh, can he go two more years, three more years, whatever it would be? I think Tommy Tom feels great, obviously, at this point. Um, but I just I couldn't see it. I couldn't see him walking out the door. But but here we are, and yeah. I think you know he needed a little bit of fresh air. And I think when Bob Kraft said. Uh, in the interview uh, after he left, that you know sometimes you know you have this this great marriage, but a mother-in-law or a father-in-law, somebody else comes into the picture. Uh, we could all read between the lines what that meant. So, you know, you can't diminish what Brady and Belichick did as a pair. That was fantastic. And I think you know Tom on Howard Stern the other day was talking about you know how people make too much of the fact though there was friction or whatever. Yeah, you work with somebody for twenty years, there's going to be friction. But look, what they did was. Spectacular! It was amazing. Six Super Bowl wins, nine uh, Super Bowl appearances, always in the race. But you know, sometimes maybe you need a little bit of fresh air. So Tom uh, goes down to Florida for that fresh air off the uh, off the Gulf of Mexico. He's Al Michaels, NBC Sunday Night Football, and of course, uh, a couple of minutes ago, he talked about uh, Bob Costas uh, not being a, a technical whiz. Uh, savvy, I think, he, and uh, I, I've, as long as I've known Bobby, I had a flip phone, but apparently uh, he's able to FaceTime Al Michaels. Yes, Paulie. Bob Costas on the line, Dan. Hey, Bob. Hey, welcome. Uh, hello, Dan. Hello, Al Falfa. <laughs> that was an accident. I called Al, and I hit some button inadvertently <laughs> that apparently produces images, and all of a sudden I saw myself with a 10-day growth of beard, and there was alfalfa at some weird angle from, like, underneath his coffee table, and it was all very like George Jetson to me. You know, it was very disconcerting. Rappy, what are you doing up at this hour? You're the, every time that you were on the road with us, Bob Costas would be the guy. You'd walk by his room at the hotel, and the Do Not Disturb sign was out at 1.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> Go back to bed. Bob, do you remember the first time you worked with Al? <laughs> the first time we actually worked together, this has to be a setup, before we ever did anything together on NBC, the first thing was basketball in 1998. Well, I'm in the movie with you. I didn't know that's the first time you guys – I watched that the other night for the first time, Bob. Yeah. I never watched it all the way through. I, I was like, uh, it, I, uh, and plus you can't watch it with, you know, the kids. So I'm going, oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, you guys were quite a quite – a, a pair there, quite a tandem. You know, we didn't see, Al will uh, attest to this, we didn't see you, we didn't see Reggie Jackson, we didn't see Kareem, we didn't see Robert Vaughn or Yasmin Bleak or Ernest Borgnine, none of them. We were the last day of shooting, it was just the two of us. It started out as a lark, and then when they broke and we started to look at some of the dailies, Al looks at me and says, what have we done? Mm-hmm. We've ended but our careers. Out, but you know what, it turns course- out in retrospect, it's like Pootie Tang, which is another <laughs> classic that I, that I proudly start in. You think it's a disaster, but then as time goes by, it takes on a certain cult classic of appreciation. Pootie and you tang. realize that inadvertently you did a good thing. But, but the, the, the deal is this, so, and, and Bob, I don't know if you heard the fact that I was talking about, you know, Marcy Carsey and she and Tom Warner, you know, getting like 18 gazillion dollars worth of residuals. And we get nothing. We get nothing for appearing on the MLB Network and NFL Network and ESPN Classic. But we do get residuals from that. And baby, that, you know, that, that, that's that's a, a joy. You get to the uh, the mailbox every couple of months, and here's a here's a residual from basketball, and it's a dollar and sixty three cents after tax. Yeah, I know, Bob. Uh, before I let both of you guys go, what are you watching? Yeah. 
I'm watching some MLB network, the classic games. You know, they've responded pretty quickly. Al Kaline passed away the other day, and they showed games six and seven of the 1968 World Series, the only World Series that he's played in. I check, um, I check the NBA network. Uh, Chris Collinsworth's A Football Life was on the NFL Network the other day. I hadn't seen that before. Maybe it was the first run. And then I'm watching a lot of news, and I'm reading, not just newspapers or stuff online. I'm actually getting to a lot of books that are on the shelf uh, that I hadn't gotten to before. That's great. Uh, great to talk to both you guys, and uh, hope you're well. Look forward to actually hearing uh, you know, new games from you, Al, since all of your you know, archival games are bothering you. Poor Al. Uh, he turns on the baseball network, he's got a game. The NFL network, he's got a game. Boo-hoo, Al. And, and then the NBA, NBA oh, network, course. where I'm doing good. Doc Rivers and I are doing the game with Derek Fisher scores a four-tenths of a second to go. Hey, Dan, do we get residuals for this show? Yes, you do. Okay. Yes, you do. You're going to get $8 each. Beautiful. Yes, $8. Uh, Buy Bob a razor. Hey, listen, I owe Andy Freeland 86000 so whatever you want to send to me, I'm happy. Thank you, guys. Great to talk to you. Bob Costas, Al Michaels, close-up shop after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Been a great show. Thanks for everybody taking part in this. Great guest. Uh, we had a great week. We really did. And uh, Hopefully, hopefully we make an impact on your life in a positive way, uh, whatever it is. Uh, that's what we're here for. You know, whether it's facing a lawsuit for Tom Brady, you know, we're willing to do that because it's all about content. By the way, we had our great moment of the week, and it sounded like this with Jim Nance. Friends, welcome to Thursday at the Masters. Our hearts and thoughts go out to all of you, and I'm being very serious. This has been the most fascinating time for any of us in our lives, and we're going to get through this together, one step at a time. Stay safe, stay home, stay healthy. God bless you all on this holy week, and we'll look forward to seeing you in November. So that was Jim Nance in his golf applause. Jim was, oh, we got more? Jim was in his uh, office, and then he went into his backyard, and I, he has the speakers out there, and he has a, a, a par, par three. And uh, I thought if he put on the Augusta music, because he usually does that when you're out there hitting uh, wedges. And he got out there, couldn't turn on the music, and he got locked out of his house. Discover moment of the week. Uh, get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. Uh, final results of the poll question, McLovin. Well, te- teams either regret not drafting Tua or regret drafting him. 64% say they'll regret drafting him. The Traeger uh, came through. We have uh, brats and sauerkraut. We have beer. We actually cracked a beer. I did. I cracked a beer. Uh, you know, Paulie goes, let's have a beer. I said, all right, well, we got to wait 15 minutes. He goes, no, no, now. Now, can we have a beer? I go, all right. So we cracked a beer. The brat is great. Sausage, great. Uh, sauerkraut. Todd, great job there. Uh, McLovin, Seton, and uh, Tyler, the uh, moderator, all the boys in the back, Alan, Marvin, Rob, of course, the big German, and, uh, and Dylan. Thank you guys for coming in. 
and uh, making this possible every single day. Fritzy, what did you learn today? Once trademarked, we can potentially get a cease and desist order from Tom Brady's lawyers if we keep selling Tampa Bay T-shirts. Yeah, we haven't heard yet from Tom, uh, Tom Brady's camp, but I'm guessing we will hear from them since he's filed for the trademark and we've already come out with the Tampa Bay T-shirts. McLevin, what did you learn tonight? America's greatest broadcasters all sound a little bit bored at home. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Seton O'Connor. Uh, we're on to the lawsuit. Oh. <laughs> Paulie, what did you learn? New documentary, Tom versus Time versus the Dan Patrick Show. <laughs> oh, we're in trouble. Have a safe weekend. Be smart, be safe, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Seton, Paulie, Fritzy, McLevin, yours truly. This has been the Dan Patrick Show. <laughs> 